Good morning. I was finally able to fix my printer. Uh, the ink was a little bit uh, light on one side of the print cartridge for some reason. I said, uh, well, I should uh, shake things up a little bit, you know. But home, uh, of course, I made a mess of uh, the floor. She didn't know all that yet. <laughs> <coughs> no, I did put some newspaper down. So you caught most of it. So anyway, uh, yesterday when I was praying for Jamie and his family in Hong Kong, I prayed about the situation in China with the coronavirus from Wuhan. In order for the Chinese government and local authorities to deal with the spreading of the disease, they have to be ready in three ways. They have to have the medical staff ready to treat the patients. They have to have the knowledge of how the disease is being spread. They have to have the necessary supplies and equipment for them to do their job. The success in fighting this new coronavirus lies in the stage of readiness of the population. Are people ready to heed the advice of medical authorities? Are people ready to sacrifice their own freedom for the purpose of stopping the virus? Are people ready to put up with the many inconveniences to combat the epidemic? February is a bittersweet month for my family. Let me explain. February is the month that our eldest son, Michael, went home with the Lord. A lot of pain and emotion usually accompanies the anniversary of his death. On the other hand, Chinese New Year is usually in February, but sometimes in January, like this year. It is a time of joy, celebration, and renewal. About a year after Michael passed away, I had a dream of him. We were in Hong Kong, inside the entrance of an apartment building. He wore his favorite jacket with a Bible under his arm. Though I cannot see his, though I can only see his back, I asked him where he was going. He said he was going to witness the Lord as he quickly disappeared into the crowd. Michael was ready to serve the Lord. How I wish that he could turn around and wave goodbye to me. Serving the Lord shouldn't be a burden. In order to be ready to serve, we have to prepare ourselves. In order to be ready to serve, we have to equip ourselves. In order to be ready to serve, we have to get back to the basics. In order to be ready to serve, we have to do the fundamentals. In order to be ready to serve, we have to prioritize our action. In order to be ready to serve, we have to make the best use of our time. As children of God, we were all given the great commission from the Lord himself. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We are to serve him by teaching, preaching, caring, loving, helping, evangelizing, not by words only, not by saying only. 
but by our actions, our deeds, our examples, and our sacrifices. We don't know when the Lord will present us with the opportunity to serve Him. So we have to be ready at any given moment. We have to be ready all the time. 2 Timothy 4.2 Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine. Are you ready to share your faith? Are you ready to tell others about the gospel? Are you ready to show the hope that is in you? Are you ready to defend your belief? 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Let's read from Acts chapter 8, 26-39, the account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. <clears throat> 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. You think... Philip was ready to serve God before his calling? Of course he was. Verse 27, And he arose and went, and behold a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. You think Philip would stop and argue with God and say that he has more important things to do? No, Philip has died to himself. He obeyed God's command without delay. 28. Was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. You think Philip has asked God for opportunity to serve him? Of course, he did. One volunteer is better than ten false men. Verse 30, And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and say, Understandest thou what thou readest? You think that Philip was into the scripture? Of course he was. 31, and he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Philip did not just ask for a chance to serve, but he seized hold of the opportunity. Verse 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb dumb before his shearer. So open Open he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself 
or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Do you think Philip put his trust in God? Of course he did. Verse 36. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. <clears throat> and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. <clears throat> Do you think Philip was just a talker? Philip obeyed the scripture to the T, and he walked his talk. Verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Do you think Philip left the results to God? Of course he did. This morning, I'm going to share eight things that we can do to get ready to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We all long to be used by God as his instrument and vessels. We all want to shine for Christ. Desire is not good enough. It is only the first step. Decision is the next step. One must make up his or her mind to get ready to serve. Then comes determination. There has to be steadfastness. The strong will to stay on course no matter what. Do it. All the previous steps would mean very little if we don't carry out the preparation. Delight would be the feeling we get after we serve the Lord when he calls. Number one, be ready to serve the Lord by reading his words. This is the key fundamental in getting ready. We must read God's word daily. How else are we to find out what the Bible says? We must study God's word diligently. How else are we to learn God's attributes, commandments and promises? We must meditate on God's word faithfully. How else are we to find out his will for mankind, for us, for me, and for you? What would the law have me to do? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Scripture is our lifeline to God. It can be compared to the umbilical cord before mother, between mother and fetus. All the nutrients go from the mother to the unborn child through the passageway. Our scriptural, our spiritual health depends on this lifeline. Obstruction or blockages to the lifeline result in malnutrition and poor health. We are to be thoroughly equipped so we can explain doctrines, reprove if necessary, provide correction as needed, 
and give instruction in righteousness, uh, in righteousness when appropriate. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Scripture is an effective tool for our use. Don't try to, to, to serve the Lord without it. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a woman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Casual reading of the scripture must be avoided. We are to study God's word with intent and with an intensity. How are we to rightly divide the word of truth as God's woman when we are not familiar with the Bible's contents and concern? Acts 17, verse 10 and 11. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scripture daily, whether those things were so. Do you read your Bible sporadically? Are you flipping the pages of God's Word occasionally? Even if you study the Bible regularly, my question to you is, how regular? Maybe once a year? Maybe once a month? Maybe once a week? We should learn from the Berean Christians to search the Scripture daily. They are serious about their belief and careful in discerning truth from error. So should we get ready to serve the Lord by reading His words. Number two, be ready to serve the Lord by praying for strength, courage, and opportunities. Prayer life reveals much about the true conditions of a believer. It is not the length of it, how long is the prayer. It is not the eloquence of it, how beautiful is the prayer. It is not the breadth of it, how many topics it covers. It is not the focus of it, to whom it is directed. It is the earnestness of the prayer, how sincere it is. Prayer admits our inability, our dependence, and our call for help. It is an open channel for communication, a direct line to God. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Only when we realize our own frailty do we yearn for the power of his might in our life. John 15.5 I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, Ye can do nothing. Staying in touch with God, be in constant fellowship with the Lord, abide in Him, admit our witnesses, and draw strength 
from the Almighty. Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. God's line is always open. His line is never busy. Let him know your every desire. Put forth your request to him. Do it with a thankful heart. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. God is the author of time. He only gives good things to his children. We have to be patient and learn to wait for his answer to our prayers. Patience builds character and waiting upon the Lord gathers strength. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, he shall be open. There are many opportunities we pass by without realizing them because we fail to pray for the chance of serving him. Get ready to serve the Lord by having a structured, prayerful life. Number three, be ready to serve the Lord by attending church regularly. If you go camping, you would usually have a campfire in the evening to keep warm, of course, to roast marshmallows, hot, uh, drink hot chocolate, tell stories, and, or sing songs. The power of wood burning together provides warmth and light and is beautiful to look at. As soon as you remove a log from the burning pile and set it aside, the log will soon die out sitting by itself, providing neither warmth nor light. It is the same with church attendance. There are many blessings that we can only get by attending church regularly. There is strength in number. Withdrawal from the church scene results in apathy and the lack of desire to grow and serve. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. It is by attending church that we find out the needs of others. It is by attending church that we can encourage one another. It is by attending church that we can share our joy and sorrow, success and failure, and the ups and downs. It is by attending church that we find opportunities for service. It is by attending church that we can worship God corporately with the saints. First John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things of that are in the world. If any man of the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, 
is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Attending church regularly enhances our focus and intensifies our concentration on our Lord Jesus Christ. It is so easy to be distracted by the world and all the things that are in the world. It is so easy to be wrapped up with oneself and caters to our fleshly wants. Get ready to serve the Lord by attending church regularly. Number four, be ready to serve the Lord by dying to self. Our God is a jealous God, for he commands the Israelites in Exodus chapter 20 verse 3, Thou, thou shalt have no other God before me. God is sovereign. He doesn't want to share his glory with others. We can only know him by coming to the end of self, realizing we are sinners in need of his grace. We can only learn of him by humbling ourselves, realizing his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. We can only worship him by completely surrendering during our wills and submitting to his rule. Revelation 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Don't let self get in the way of our service to God. John 3.30 He must increase, but I must decrease. This is one of David Mill's favorite verses. He reminds us that the law must have all the preeminence in everything. We should learn to fade out of the picture and allow God to magnify in our lives until he eclipses all. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. No Christian walk would be possible if there is no denial of self. No Christian walk will be intimate if he or his or her cross is not taken up daily. No Christian walk would be successful if we don't follow him. Get ready to serve the Lord by dying to self. Number five, be ready to serve the Lord by walking the talk. If you say that you are a Christian, would there be sufficient evidence to convict you? We can say all kinds of things and they don't carry much weight. However, walking the talk consistently brings honor and glory to the Lord. Action speaks louder than words. James chapter 2 Verse 14 to 26. So if you have your Bible handy, we turn to James chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 14 to 26. Verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be warm and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what the thick profit? Even so, faith, if it have not works, is that being alone. Verse 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without work is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and he was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. Verse 24. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without work is dead also. Get ready to serve the Lord by walking the talk. Number six, be ready to serve the Lord by putting on the armor of God. We are fighting a spiritual battle all the times. The enemy would love to see that we are ill-prepared. Every failure that we have can usually be traced back to our stage of lack of readiness for battle. Our downfall is due to our lack of protective gear, our running out of supplies, and the disappearance of defensive weapons. Don't engage in spiritual warfare without donning on the armor of God. Disappointments, frustrations, depressions, and myriad of other woes bombard our lives to discourage us. Don't fall victim to the wicked one. If you go back already, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read from chapter, uh, verse 10 to 17. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Pull on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil days, and having done all, to stand. Verse 14, Stand therefore, having your lawn skirt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, 
wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery dart of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Get ready to serve the Lord by putting on the armor of God. Number seven, be ready to serve the Lord by putting our trust in God. A soldier who is afraid and lacks confidence not only get himself killed, but others also. A soldier who is confident in his commander carries out his duties and completes the mission. Our supreme commander-in-chief is God. We have to learn to put our trust in him and follow his divine plan for us. We can only serve God when we put our trust in him. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Trusting God is not a parcel affair. You don't just trust God on certain things, but not others. You have to do it wholeheartedly, without reservation. Trusting God is not a casual matter. You have to be serious and commit all things to him. Psalm 118 verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Take the human factor out of the equation and put your complete trust in God. Man will let you down, but God will never let you down. Get ready to serve the Lord by putting your trust in him. Finally, number eight. Be ready to serve the Lord by leaving the result to God. God is in charge. He doesn't need our help. We would only make things worse by meddling with our finite efforts. God is all-knowing. He can see the end from the beginning. It is better for us to waste than to interfering with God's plan. 2 Timothy 1.12 for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. God asks us to spread the good news, so let us spread the good news. God wants us to preach the gospel, so let us preach the gospel. God is responsible for the result. There's no need for us to worry. In the fullness of his time, he will show us the result as he chooses. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. I have planted Apollo water, but God gave the increase. So then need so then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. We are short-sighted. We want quick results. We want to attach our name to those results. God is the only one that brings the results. All honor and glory should go to him and him alone. Get ready to serve the Lord by leaving the result to God. Now I have come to the conclusion of my message. 
I'll give you two more verses. John 12, verse 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall be my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And the second verse is Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto man, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. Be ready to serve the Lord. Anyway, can I ask you to close in prayer for us? Thank you. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message that you brought to us today through your servant, Chris. We pray that we will be prepared to be an effective witness, that we will display our salvation through our works and through our uh, sincerity of regeneration. Part us now as we head into the world. We pray this all in Jesus' precious and holy name. Thank you.